Welcome to all of the things. Since all of you have been busy with your own things this week, we've rounded up anything and everything that's making major headlines and filling your news feeds. I'm Fumi Akinyade. And I'm Jenny Churchill. And we're about to break down all of the things. What's up? What's up, guys? Happy Friday. Glad to be back. Woo woo. Okay, Jenny, not too glad to be back, but that's okay. Tell us, what is your thing this week? My thing this week is the new trailer for the Suicide Squad movie. Have you seen it? I have not, but I've oh, seen headlines. It is the best trailer I've seen in a really long time. It is so good, and it got me so amped for the movie. Ooh. But so I was showing a coworker the trailer. So it's basically an elite squad of bad guys that they bring together to save the world, whatever oh, is, okay. is the gist. And... um. The thing about it is he was watching the trailer and he goes, oh, wait, so the good guys are the bad guys. And I was like, yeah, they're awful. They're terrible people. And he was like, and you're, you're supposed to like them? And then I started thinking about it and I realized the reason I'm so excited for this movie is because that's yeah. my jam. Because like, you are evil. I love protagonists who are terrible people. Because you relate to them. Um, my thing this week is about an amazing person. Oh. His name being Martin Luther King Jr. Oh. Um, I think so, I've heard of him. Yeah, I'm sure you have. So I know everyone knows Monday was his day. And it really shows, I, I think we need to do a class on like social mm. media etiquette when it comes to like celebrating MLK Day. Yeah. First in line would be Zac Efron. Did you see his tweet? No. Oh my God. Actually hilarious. He tweeted like, I'm like grateful for MLK Day and also grateful for reaching like, I don't know, like milestone for him and instagram followers Stop 10 million it. 10 million instagram followers and he did black fist emoji no and on top of that it was a picture of himself <laughs> so i was just like wow you really missed the whole point of this day he didn't have a dream for you to have reached these amount of followers <sighs> and then i was like okay but he's not the only one basic people too people are posting pictures and they're like yeah like mlk's birthday and i'm like today's not his birthday <laughs> Like, it's not his birthday. I get it. You want to be, like, involved and, like, so, like, I get it. But just, like, know what you're talking about. I just feel like there needs to be a class on, like, what the, wrong, the right and wrong things to post on um, holidays. I'm working on it. I'm going to start a class. I can see that. Yeah. Now, that. that's enough for me. But before we get into the new things uh, that happened this week, why don't you tell us uh, some things that are still a thing? Jenny, what do you got for us? If there ever was a thing that was still a thing, uh, this is it. This week, Hillary Clinton was once again forced to respond to that pesky news story oh that just won't go away. No, no, not the one about the blue dress and the White House intern. <laughs> the one about her emails. That yeah, is a throwback. A new report came out that H-Dog's campaign swears was leaked just to hurt her run for president, but it seems to indicate that highly classified documents were found on her servers. Mm. Surprise, surprise. We've oh. heard this. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm so sick of this story. I, I don't even care if her emails tell us what the F happened at <laughs> Roswell. Like, I don't care anymore. But anyways, it's still a thing. We're hearing about it in the news again this week. We'll hear about it again, I'm sure. So um, speaking of leaked documents and emails, there was actually a new scandal that came out this week that everyone can focus on. So let's get into our first new thing. So the Australian Open started this week, and no one's even talking about that because there's actually been a huge scandal that hit 
the uh, the tennis courts. BuzzFeed News and the BBC released a quiz. <laughs> Just kidding. It wasn't that. <laughs> they released documents that suggest a serious network of tournament fixing among uh, male players. Now, this might seem like a repeat because in 2008, there was actually already a huge investigation by the uh, International Tennis Federation following a really suspicious match. And despite the fact that they gave all this evidence showing that pretty much showed that there's a lot of uh, suspected fixing of fixing matches going on in that in that world. But they did absolutely nothing about it. In fact, all the players that um, that were mentioned in the in the investigation were allowed to keep competing in the sport. So they were just like, yeah, I see what you mean and I get it, but they didn't really do anything about it. In fact, what they did do was create this tennis integrity unity, which did jack shit because there's still um, match fixing going on right now. They're saying that there's a core group of 16 players that were singled out as repeat offenders, including a top 50 player that's currently competing in the Australian Open. This report that BuzzFeed did, they, it kind of like they didn't name any names, but they just kind of hinted strongly about who the people were. Mm. Um, over 70 players appear on lists of suspected fixers that have been flagged by authorities. Again, None of them have been sanctioned over the past decade. Despite all this, the Association of Tennis Professionals insists that the idea that tennis is not acting appropriately is ludicrous. Okay. So I don't know if they're blind and <laughs> they didn't read the report, but he's like, no, nah, it's totally fine. We're, we're acting on this and we're, we're going to make sure this gets cleared up. Guess who, of course, are the people they're saying this is ran by? I don't know. The Russians. Of they can't. They can't get of a damn course. break, right? Russians and Italians. I was thinking about it when I saw this story initially, and I was like, if there was ever a sport that it would be so easy to fix, yeah. And you know, that's actually something we were talking about because they were just like, it only takes one player yeah. to fix a match, and then you're good. You're good to go. Oh man. Well, while we're on the topic of sports, there's another sports controversy in the news this week. It isn't new, but it seems to be kind of reaching a breaking point. Mm-hmm. This week, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette posted a damning interview with one-time Star Steelers receiver Antoine Randall L. And Randall L. was one of the three original players to sue the NFL back in 2013 over the league's handling of concussions. Oh, I didn't know he was... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But in this week's article, Randall L. is quoted as saying, if he could go back, he wouldn't have played football at all. And that he wouldn't be surprised if the sport wasn't around in 25 years, which is crazy. I don't really think that's crazy. I mean, I feel like with concussion, like we're like becoming so aware to the actual dangers of the sport. I don't see how long we can keep going pretending like, eh. Like even now, like when I watch football, which is like far in between, whatever. I feel uncomfortable because I'm just like, I know how this is going to look for these players 10, 15 years from now. Yeah, but I mean, people still watch boxing. Like, people watch, watch MMA. I don't so, watch MMA. But so. the, I think the thing about the interview that was the worst was when he was talking about the personal struggles that mm-hmm. he has. And he admitted to having trouble going down the stairs and having to go down yeah. sideways sometimes. Which, like, when you think about someone who was a, a, an incredible athlete who just had this agility and physical ability to be in that situation, it's just like, To not wow. be able to go up, up and um, down the stairs in his own home. That's yeah. really sad. And then he's suffering memory loss. He was saying that, you know, his wife will have to tell him things three times and he'll still forget in the morning. Um, so... The National Football League has been doing concussion damage control the last month following the release of the Will Smith movie, Concussion. What is the control? Like, what can you do other than, I mean, there's no denying your sport causes this, so what? 
they've been really touting the things that they're doing to address it. Um, so, you know, they've been claiming that they've been doing everything they can to combat the issue, um, whether through research or rule changes or donations to technology. Um, but all of that aside, I decided to look up some of the concussion numbers. Mm -hmm. There were 199 concussions in the NFL in 2015. So much for doing a lot to combat that. While we're talking about head injuries, I actually saw an article this week about a really, really cool thing some engineers are developing to help patients. Washington University School of Medicine's neurosurgeon Rory Murphy and a team of engineers are working on developing a dissolvable pressure sensor that can be used to monitor uh, the level of pressure inside a patient's skull. It's like hmm. actually super cool. It's pretty fascinating. So like this is if someone experiences head trauma, exactly. it, they can monitor how much brain swelling exactly. happening? From like blunt force trauma, like okay. in football, or from like a bullet to the head, things of- Car crash. Yeah, we're painting a really dark picture here. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> things of things of that nature. Now, uh, pressure sensors, they already exist right now, but they're huge. And not only that, they also require uh, post-recovery removal to get them out. Oh. So that you're going to have to cut into your brain again, and no one feels like doing that. But this new one that they're developing would be thinner than a tip of a needle. And not only that, it can stay in your brain for days before just dissolving. And like it was oh. just never there. Now it's currently being tested on animals, but they do hope for a human trial within the next three to five years. This could mean a lot for this industry. Like brain injuries are responsible right now; they're responsible for fifty thousand annual deaths in the U.S. Yeah. So if you could get something like this, I mean, this could this could change the outlook. So I'm really excited. I want to talk about another cool thing that happened this week. Do you remember in school when you learned the mnemonic phrase, uh, my very educated mother just served us nine pizzas? So Yes, you, it was about the planets. Yeah, so you can remember the order of the planets. Um, Mars, Venus. Uh, let's do this. Oh, really? Really? Egg. Earth. <laughs> so, uh, so we've got that. Now, do you remember when some scientist was all like, forget the pizzas because Pluto is like a totally yeah, massive poser remember, and not a planet. I remember that hater. He yeah. Just... His name is Michael Brown. Hater. And he is back because he's saying he thinks there is a totally different ninth planet. Not Pluto, a new one. Okay? Oh. And he's very creatively calling it Planet Nine. Oh, that's so lame. <laughs> what do I have to do to get them to name this planet after me? Um, I don't know. Let's start a petition. Well, we let's just go find him. Okay. Because Brown, whose actual Twitter handle is at Pluto Killer, and another astronomer <laughs> okay, <he's a> troll. <laughs> at the California <laughs> Institute of Technology announced the possibility of this hidden planet on Wednesday. Here's what we know about it so far. They haven't actually seen said planet. Um, it's it's what? possibly so how they find it. I'm about to tell you. Um, the reason they haven't seen it is because it's so far from the sun that it's so dim. It would be like thousands of times dimmer than even Pluto. Um, but they're deducing its existence and size, which would be five to ten times bigger than the Earth, from the movements of dwarf planets in the outer solar system. So basically, Uh-oh. Earth's got some competition. Yeah, something is causing these small dwarf planets to move in a way that indicates that there's something very large there. I have my own theory, though, about what's making these dwarf planets move. Um, People haven't asked me, but I think that we might have a Death Star parked at the outer reaches of our solar system. You've completely lost me. Anyways, 
I think it's really neat. I hope we do have a ninth planet, though I do feel kind of sad for Pluto this week. It's just like add insult to injury. Not only are you not a planet, oh, Some there's totally an, replaced you. There's another planet. It's bigger than you. It's Man. better than you. Shout out to Pluto. I feel your struggle. All right, let's move on to things that are actually happening here on planet Earth. While President Obama was in Detroit for the North American International Auto Show to, you know, show how his auto bailout plan is thriving right now, uh, Detroit teachers actually were staging a massive sick out to protest conditions of the Detroit public school system. Now, since it's technically illegal for teachers in Michigan to strike, they pretty much all called in sick. Oh, I get it. Yeah. A sick out. A sick out, not a walkout. Mm-hmm. Now, this led to 90% of Detroit schools closing on Wednesday. And they're pretty much the issue here is that uh, these schools are, I, I was I was looking at all the all the pictures and stuff, and these schools are like, they're legit in horrible conditions. Like, it's deplorable. Like, you have rodents everywhere, water leaks, mold, girls' bathrooms with no doors. So I'm yeah. like, how the fuck are you supposed to pee? Uh, this one thing had like it was an entire technology room with like all these like Dell computers, but they didn't have internet access. Okay, well, first of all, you so, said Dell computers, I guess so that that's was issue first. number one. But but yeah, so this was actually a really big deal, and like these teachers have been staging these sick outs since January 11th. It's actually when it first started because they're just like we need to bring attention to what's going on here. Right, and the. City of Detroit is like they're actually not having it. In fact, an attorney with Detroit Public Schools has asked a judge to issue a restraining order and an injunction to uh, force teachers to stop holding these sick outs. Not only that, uh, the Republican Michigan House leader has called for the teachers who are participating in these sick outs to be fired. Wow. It's getting pretty bad. It hasn't been announced yet when it will be addressed, but I will say that the schools did reopen on Thursday. I don't really see a solution coming anytime soon, to be honest. I just feel bad for the kids. Like, it, as if it isn't hard enough to go to school and do well in the first place, then you have to yeah, deal with and, all this. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point, because a lot of people were saying, like, a lot of these kids, a lot of people in Detroit, they're like, they come from lower-income households, and, you know, school lunches are their only chances of having a proper meal and things right. like that. And I see that point, and I do feel bad for the kids, and I don't think the kids should suffer and have their education suffer. But that being said... I, I'm actually siding with the teachers union here. Like, I can't imagine having to go to work every day when oh. I might see a rat scurry across my desk. Like, no, I mean, I, I feel bad for them all around. I, I feel bad for the students that they have to go to school in those conditions as well. The real issue here is that the Detroit public school system has a $515 million debt. And so that's why a lot of these schools are in such terrible conditions. Or even thinking of creating a second school district within the city. Wow. To help deal with this. Well, it's not just Detroit that is facing economic hardships. This week, when you cash your paycheck, remind yourself it could be worse. You could work for ISIS. Um, yeah, there is nothing worse than working <laughs> for ISIS. And if you did, uh, not only would you be a terrorist, but to make things worse, you'd be looking at a 50% pay cut. Oh my God, 50 50. Uh, leaked documents obtained by the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights outline the recent cuts. Uh, previously, ISIS fighters were making between $400 and $1,200 a month, plus 50 bucks for a wife and $25 per kid, which, like, this is a sophisticated payment system, I feel like. I was kind of intrigued by it. If I was a it. wife, I would kind of be insulted. I'm only worth $50 a month. Yeah, well, you're only, like, twice as good as a kid. That. 
<laughs> I, guess, I guess that's one way to look at it. Uh, so those rates were quite competitive uh, for militias in the region. And uh, if you're wondering what's causing the cash to dry up for ISIS, uh, targeted airstrikes on their energy sector by the U.S. have been particularly crippling. Oh, and we've also been literally blowing up their cash. So <laughs> What um, do you mean? Like in like missiles. We've been firing missiles at what, like, like on their, their banks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of awful things, um oh man, this story is it's going to blow your mind. Uh the former concentration camp on an island between Montenegro and Croatia is being considered as a destination for get this, a new fancy top-notch uh beach resort. The, the- honeymoon vacation duh, hit up the Former concentration camp. That seems like the move. Is know? it is it near the concentration camp or is it's it? It's literally on the spot where the concentration okay. camp was. But yeah, they're gonna like take it down and put in a pool and shit. The Montenegrin government gave permission to a developer. This this is happening on this island called Memula, and it was occupied by Italian troops and contained a couple thousand prisoners, um, hundred and thirty which were killed or starved to death. Now, God. obviously, people are not taking this too well. Families People with souls, anyone is like, this is kind of gross. Why would you do this? But the government is like, no, like, this is actually going to be a boom for the economy. And, like, there's going to be, like, a little museum probably, hopefully, maybe. They're just, like, they don't Uh, somehow see what the big deal is. Yeah. I don't. Developers seem to have that issue often. Remember when souls? Well, remember when they were going to have that big party at the um, new um, World Trade Center? And, to celebrate. And people were like, that's super insensitive to have, like, a cocktail party soiree, like, at the place where so many people died. Yeah, I don't understand this world we live in, but okay. Obviously, Montenegro will not be winning a Country of the Year award anytime soon, but that title is now apparently a thing. I mean, it's it's long been known that the United States is the best country in the world. Um, just ask <laughs> any American, <laughs> just really. Just ask They'll tell you. Uh, But this week, the U.S. News and World Report took a break from ranking colleges and hospitals to give us their official best countries in the world list. Obviously. (laughs) like the worst idea ever. Yeah. uh, It it, it makes sense to me. I mean, we need to know where we stand. I said the worst idea. I didn't say the best idea. No, yeah, the best. It's the best idea. I said worst. Um, Obviously, Germany topped the list. What? Followed by Canada and the UK. What the hell? US was fourth? This is bullshit. Um, yeah, this is bullshit. You know where Nigeria ra- ranked? Where? 57. Oh. Out of 60. They only ranked 60 countries, so they completely left out. So weird, because I believe there's around 200 countries in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So they, they left out like three-fourths of out of the world. So I'm like fully against this. I say we discredit these people. What is this, the U.S. news, and they don't sound real to me. Apparently, the rankings are based on, quote, how global perceptions define countries in terms of a number of qualitative characteristics, <laughs> impressions that have the potential to drive trade and travel and investment and directly affect national economies. What? what does that mean? What? What is so wait, what did they base this off of? It sounds to me like we got fourth because everybody else is jealous. Yeah, I'm just I feel you on that one. Germany should for sure, despite everything I've said, take their victory super seriously. Congrats, Germany. Seriously. Well, you know, I would actually like to congratulate the US 
oh. for a huge political accomplishment that was made this week, which brings us to our first political thing. Yeah, I'm going to propose a toast to my homies in the Senate for blocking consideration of the refugee bill that would have paused the flow of refugees from Syria and Iraq from entering the U.S. Cheers. Yes, this is gin, ginger ale, and grapefruit. An interesting mix, but I'm doing it. Now, let's let's get up to speed here and even remember how we even got to this stage in the first place. After the Paris attacks, the world freaked out about letting refugees into their country and, of course, re-reacted by, you know, Donald Trump saying we should ban all Muslims, uh, politicians saying that there were governors saying they weren't going to let refugees into their states anymore, trying to sue the, sue the federal government, all this huge hoopla. And out of that, a bill was formed that would have required the director of the FBI, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, and the director of the National Intelligence to confirm that each single applicant from Syria or Iraq didn't pose a threat. Wow. This was something that, of course, people deemed pretty much impossible. Um, and the House passed the bill, but the Senate was like, actually, we need to slow down. We can't do this. The minority Senate leader, Harry Reid, offered, he actually did offer to take up the bill on the condition for Republicans would have to vote on amendments, including one that would make them go on record to respond to Trump's plan on banning all Muslims. Right. They were like, Mm, no, not going to do that. So the bill failed. Let me just get this straight. One of the reasons the bill failed was because Republicans in the Senate wouldn't agree to disagree publicly with Trump's idea to ban all Muslims from America. Precisely. Great. Yes. Got that it. is the world we live in right now. Um, well, to me, what was weird about this was this was a complete and total waste because President Obama had already said he was going to veto this bill anyway. So why we even bother to keep pushing with it? I've got no idea. Speaking of Obama doing what he wants, he might have taken the phrase, do you, boo, a little <laughs> too seriously. On Tuesday, the Supreme Court agreed to review President Obama's 2014 executive order on immigration. The order prevents the deportation of undocumented immigrants living in the U.S. And the piece of the order in question is the Deferred Action for Parents of Americans program, which opens the door for people with children living legally in the U.S. and who have been here for more than five years to work to become legal. So these are people who have children who are legal citizens. These people themselves, the parents, have been in the U.S. for more than five years, and that's kind of the criteria. Now, it's the timing of the case that's particularly interesting. Ooh, getting juicy. I know, because SCOTUS will hear the case in April and hand down a decision in June, which Ooh. is just one month before the DNC and the RNC, a.k.a. when the parties have to put forth their presidential nominees. You guys can't see this, but I'm currently raising my eyebrows. So there will definitely be a lot of politics at play for some of the justices, even though they definitely do not get involved in party politics, clearly. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Speaking of executive actions, uh, Obama has another one in his back pocket. President Obama is considering an executive order that would require companies that are doing business with the federal government to disclose their political contributions. Now, the move is meant to reduce the influence of secretive corporate donations in elections, and they're hoping it's going to shed light on what's going on here. And it would require for government contractors to publicly report their contributions to groups 
that spend uh, guapos to influence campaigns. This is pretty much the best bet we have when it comes to fighting corporate contributions and their influence on politicians. Now, this would actually apply to 70% of Fortune 100 companies, including ExxonMobil, Apple, General Motors, and General Electric. Of course, business groups are not down with this. They're saying that you're pretty much trampling on their free speech rights. I completely disagree, and I am 100% down for taking money out of politics. Shout out to Bernie Sanders. I mean, here's the thing about this. So when I saw this story, the first thing I saw and the only thing I saw was executive order. Okay. Like I couldn't – and honestly, I agree with everything he's doing, but I couldn't get past the executive order part of it. And, you know, we were just talking about the immigration executive order. Again, I agree with what he did in that executive order. Um, and recently we talked about his executive order on guns. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just – I think at this point there's so much of a dialogue in the – in TV, in news, in the media, everywhere about executive order Obama, that it's overshadowing the real issues. And I actually think it's something that needs to be addressed. Well, what else would you prefer for him to do? We clearly have a Congress that's not willing to work with him. So should he just sit back and let everything go to shit? Like, I'm sorry, I get it. Executive action isn't, it doesn't involve everyone. Yeah, 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 we live in a democracy. But you know what else? Like, well, his hands are tied. Like, this is the only thing he can do, so he's got to do what he has to do. Here's the thing, though. The reality is it's not just him. Both parties use executive actions, and they always have. George W. used more so far. Uh, he did 173 in his first term versus Obama's 147 in term one. He used more? Mm-hmm. Oh, and felt- Reagan used a total of 381. I really actually, I really, really do wish that Obama would do an executive action when it comes to Trump and just ban him from talking, ban him, I don't want to say ban him from living. That's how far I've gone. Now, I don't support Trump, but you know who does? Sarah Palin. Yeah. Yeah, she actually endorsed him on Tuesday with a, hmm, a bizarre speech uh, that she gave during an Iowa campaign rally for Trump. This tops, this this one, it definitely, it's going to go down in the books. Like, some people are saying she was drunk. Some are calling it slam poetry. I call it a doozy because it was just, it was filled with you betchas, just like her trademark at this point. You betcha. Hallelujahs, accusations of pussyfooting. I was like, as a politician, can you say pussy? Like, no, right? Like, well, is pussy, that allowed? Pussyfooting around is yeah. like a thing. Okay, but I was just stay away from that word if I was her. <laughs> that, but, that, but that is just me. You know who's not endorsing Trump? The UK. In fact, on Monday, they actually debated banning Donald Trump from the country. Now, they debated the issue after half a million people signed a petition asking for the ban. I love the UK. Like, they deserve, they should have won number one country for this. A lot of the lawmakers expressed annoyance, but ultimately they're like, I mean, legally we're not allowed to do this. So, unfortunately, Trump is still allowed to go into the country. I love the British government. Like, the House of Commons always has these crazy videos coming out of it. Like, 
Where are you watching them on? YouTube. Come on now. So weird. That's what you Google. Yeah, shit goes down. Like, you know, like one dude will just be yelling at another dude and be like, you, sir, are a wet blanket. And then like fists are flying. It's crazy. I wish it was like that here, personally. That's just my It pretty much is, honestly. It's super entertaining. And uh, on that note, let's get into some entertaining things. Yeah, so it looks like the satire website The Onion may soon be called La Ciboya. Oh, God. That's right. Oh, God. Because this week Univision bought a 40% stake. I personally am slightly concerned because The Onion... Why? Well, The Onion is already super hit or miss, right? I think it's all hits. I love The Onion. Sometimes they miss the mark. Um, But... I used to work at a company uh, that was, uh, it was a foreign media company. You may have heard of it. It's called RT. I used to work there too. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) I totally forgot. But anyways, what I realized by working with a bunch of Russians was that jokes don't always uh, translate. I'm not saying anything about Univision, and I'm, I'm certainly not trying to be culturally insensitive. I just think humor is really different in different cultures. Yeah, That's I, all. I think this is going to be good. And plus, they're they're like, I, I feel they're going to still let them do, do their own thing, you know? Our next entertaining thing reads like an Onion headline, but it's actually a real thing. Uh, rapper Most Def, uh, he actually goes by Yasin Bey now, uh, he's been charged with breaking South Africa's immigration law. Some of the charges he got was uh, using a false identity, using an unrecognized travel document, and um, helping his family stay in the country illegally. Now, if you're wondering what fake document he was using, it is a a world passport. Have you heard of them? No. No, because they actually don't exist, unfortunately. (laughs) I don't really know why he thought this would work for him, but he's been living in South Africa since 2013, And I guess he was trying to leave the country. Now, he's actually spoke out about his whole arrest and everything and the charges against him. He went on Kanye West's website and, like, posted a freestyle he did over Kanye's new track, No More Parties in L.A., and he titled it No More Parties in South S.A. for South Africa. And he even announced that he's going to be retiring from movies and music. I mean, I really like most Def, and I'm a huge fan, so I'm sad that this is some negative, weird press that he's getting. Yeah, well... Uh, The Oscars might also want to consider a new publicist. This week, things got even more intense. Uh, Celebs including Jada Pinkett Smith, Spike Lee, Will Smith, and potentially Mark Ruffalo, we're not sure. Um, They're all boycotting the awards show. But then Janet Hubert, who co-starred alongside with Will Smith on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She was the OG, the OG aunt. Yeah, She released a video speaking out against the movement of celebs boycotting the event. And she was basically saying she finds it ironic that people read Smith here um, would boycott because they didn't get a nomination. Yeah. So I watched the video. I thought some points she brought up were valid, like his accent being bad in concussion, because it really was. But I do feel like she maybe missed the bigger picture here. It's, it's crazy how this conversation has expanded to like just the most random shits. I don't know if you saw Stacey Dash, um, homegirl from Clueless. Yes. She decided to speak on this Oscar thing, pretty much saying that the whole hoopla was BS. And then she just went on some random thing talking about how we don't like the Oscar so white is not real. It's not a real boycott. How we don't need um, Black History Month anymore. 
And then she was like, we don't even need BET. Right. Yeah, you know, the the, the network. So <laughs> BET was like, girl, sit down. Oh, my God. They had this hilarious tweet. And they were just like, so at Real Stacey Dash, can we get our check back or nah? Hashtag remember. Hashtag you were on the game. Hashtag and we don't mean the rapper. And they're referring to the fact <laughs> oh, that shit. I know Rouge, that's fired. <laughs> she was on the TV show The Game, which was on BET. So, so I know you don't really want to talk about Stacey. I don't want to talk Dash. about Stacey Dash. My thing with this is that like we're now focusing on these stories of these like people who are like thirsty for sound bites instead of the bigger issue here, which is that whether or not boycotting the Oscars is the right thing to prove a point. This year's is like. There aren't any movies being made that actually represent the population that we live in right now. Like, minorities make up 40% of the U.S. population. And in a study that the UCLA published in 2015, they only made up 17% of leads in theatrical films. And I feel we're just getting so distracted in this idea of like, oh, yeah, like Stacey Dash, haha, she's crazy. Let's make a meme. Let's get her trending on, on Twitter where all we're doing is like shitting on Stacey Dash and calling her a joke, which she is. And I completely agree with it. But like when we're doing that, we're, we're like, detracting from the bigger picture i don't think it's like is it the oscars fault that we're not getting these roles no no but even when even when people are and giving amazing performances they're not getting nominated. yeah i get that point but i feel like if we just keep all our focus on the oscars we're not going to make the studio execs change anything. But I, I just also think that the Academy has a very outdated view. I'll totally agree with you on that. Moving on, we're going to talk about race again in my thing I can't believe is a thing. So just in time for MLK Day, Scholastic Books did Families of Color Across the Nation a solid. Ooh, what's it going to be? They pulled an absurdly racially insensitive book out of publication. Okay. <laughs> this was a book made for kids. Uh-huh. Children's book. Okay. Um, the book, which is called A Birthday Cake for George Washington. All right. Showing respect to the first president of the United States. I don't see what could be wrong with this. Well, it tells the story of Washington's actual slaves, like in real life, actual slaves, Hercules and Delia, preparing a cake for the first president with mammy-like enthusiasm. Did it also touch on how terrible slavery was? Did no. they like completely skip out on that? No. And they were just like, we're happy to make this cake for our master? I don't know why one would write this story. Uh, I really can't even begin to it tell got you. It got published? It got published. This is bullshit. All right. Well, my thing that I can't believe a thing is something that I believe was actually made in hipster heaven. Okay. It combines yoga classes, uh, exercise I personally hate, uh, <laughs> with um, local breweries. Oh god, Bear, this is a awful. drink I fucking hate. So it's actually two things I really I really don't like. This is um, yeah, people are actually moving yoga classes into these like local hip breweries and the whole idea here is it's not so much about like freeing your mind and body and soul, which I guess is what the purpose of yoga is. It focuses on community, right? You get the chance to like namaste your ass and all that shit but on top of that afterwards after you sweat it out you can just have a little brew and then you gotta back talk to people and chat no 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 with the people you just okay. worked out with all right well <laughs> we're gonna leave it there um but wait stop don't turn it off because unlike usual stop. i have an important message <laughs> we have a scheduling announcement starting next week we will be releasing our episodes on thursday afternoons you're now, welcome I know that you've been waiting. Like, Thursday nights have just been hell. You haven't been able to sleep just thinking about, like, oh, my God, all of the things is on tomorrow. I'm so excited. Now you can just listen on Thursday. It's going to so be great. You're so welcome. New and, year, new you. 
for those of you who prefer to listen on Fridays, like, it's fine. Just wait. It's still there. Like, you're cool. It'll still be there. It's pretty much exactly the same for you. So, um, yeah, we'll have a new episode next Thursday. And as always, to get more information on these topics and others that we didn't get a chance to discuss, follow us on social at More of the Things. And we have some things that we can't believe are things that are going to be on our social this week that are amazing. So, yes, I'm awesome.